0: once we started thinking about agroecology and agro-ecosystems at a large enough scale to actually do real impact of restoring and regenerating ecosystems, you have to think a whole landscape. So if we want real solutions, we need to do 2,000 hectares of bamboo plantations or bamboo-based agroforestry because we don't believe in monocrop uh, bamboo. We, we say that monocrop bamboo will grow itself to death in 50 to
1: 100 years. I'm Orin Hardy and this is The Bamboo You Podcast. Join me as I explore bamboo design, architecture, creativity, and craftsmanship. Arif Rabik. Arif is a multifaceted bamboo champion in many ways. He is the chairman of the Environmental Bamboo Foundation here in Indonesia and the founder of Indo Bamboo. His most recent project is 1,000 Bamboo Villages, and he's also co authored a very interesting book called Towards a Resilient Bamboo Forestry. Arif is part of bamboo you he comes to all our courses, which we're very grateful for but he's also part of our bamboo family here in Bali uh, we're, we're you know we, we've we've been doing this bamboo thing for quite a few years. so Arif, why did you decide to dedicate your career and in, in many ways your life to bamboo like what what happened? Can you tell me a little bit about your background? <laughs> <laughs> and why, uh, why you uh, subject yourself to, you know, pushing this very important thing, but, you know, often very challenging thing forward.
0: <laughs> um, so you want the real story or the dip- politically correct one?
1: Well, we want the real one. <laughs> we want, <laughs> no. we want, we want the, uns- the one they're not going to find online. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... <clears throat> it's somewhere in
0: between, the truth is somewhere in between uh, being brainwashed from young and... Uh, yeah, I can relate to that. We, yeah. can, have
1: a, we can have a support group after.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think we need that. Bamboo Anonymous. Um, and somewhere along the line, just kind of all the bits coming together and realizing, ah, this is amazing. And, um, and then just going from one amazing concept to another within this bamboo universe and and really seeing okay I can I can treat some bamboo make some money from it oh I can help farmers and give them a good livelihood oh we can up the technology and then we started a you know little bamboo laminate company and then oh we can scale this oh we can bring this to a national level oh there's a lot of people really uh, interested At the national level, oh, internationally, this is a huge opportunity, and oh, wow, we could restore two billion hectares around the world with a agroforestry system that had bamboo integrated to it. So it kind of kind of just evolved in a very interesting organic way.
1: Evolved naturally, but so so I know this, but our listeners don't, and and that's that your mother was a very important person in the bamboo movement um, that that we both knew, and she. She must have been a you know part of the brainwashing process, the indoctrination, but uh but was there like a defining moment? like was there like a moment do you, do you remember you know like did the bamboo speak to you like what what exactly happened that that uh that led you you know to to see how it- of, I, I know it evolved organically, but but is there any like is there anything that really you know stood out as like, this is it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I think. <clears throat> as you said, you know my dear mother, uh, Ibu Linda Garland. God bless Ibu, um, who passed away in 2017, was uh, the queen of bamboo and and this amazing dyslexic uh, Irish designer, creative genius who saw bamboo as this you know rapidly renewable uh, replacement for timber. That uh, you know was easy that you know villagers could harvest uh, with an axe and bring to the roadside. and it was it was it was really pro farmers and pro communities, and I, I I was shown that from a very young age. Um, but I guess it clicked to me of how this whole restoration economy vision was something that was scalable to a global level and and really we could we could create. Multi-billion-dollar industries per country around the world. Uh, if we really understood bamboo, when I was writing uh, the book with with Ben,
1: uh, nice with Ben Brown,
0: yeah, nice. And uh, and Ben was a resilience thinker, and he really introduced me to the whole concept of resilience thinking. You know where you we it's which is different to sustainability because you you try to break up you know social, economic, and environmental indicators and you measure the the buffer capacity of each indicator and then you identify a threshold where if things go south to the threshold and they go beyond that threshold it's a point of no return and it's really hard to fix the system once you've gone through that 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 point of degradation so um, so, yeah, I, I, I saw, I guess, two sides at the same time, which is that, oh, we can do an amazing thing with this. And also, these ecosystems are degrading so quickly that if we don't do something about this very quickly, uh, it's going to go past that point of no return. And, and it's going to be a really sad future for us uh, uh, in landscapes
1: with a lot of suffering. So you really feel like bamboo... Is a is a powerful solution to kind of avoid us. Well, we're already doing that, right, on, on many levels, but avoid doing that in in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so you you wrote the book. Um, you figured out, you know, the the book is really about, you know, how do you engage communities to harvest bamboo sustainably, right? Like like um, and I, help I've, them plan it and and help and them plan that, the yeah, right way. rather than just kind of wanton. Uh, cut it all down um, exactly. pick out the mature poles and then uh, you know do whatever with the rest leave them to rot yeah. uh, so so teaching them how to get the most value out of their clumps so it really started there but then but then you went into starting a, a, a factory yes um, and it's it wasn't like a little factory it was like a big you know <laughs> bad uh, <laughs> volume based factory so how, how did that like what what led you from the you know the the restoration, realizing the power of bamboo as a a way to restore landscapes into like you know really driving into the the bamboo industry full on yeah I, I think it's like you said it's that that word landscape
0: right is that once we started thinking about agroecology and agroecosystems at a large enough scale to actually do real impact of restoring and regenerating ecosystems, you have to think a whole bloody landscape. And, um, you know, that, that could be a giant catchment, it could be a plane, it could be, you know, all these different uh, types of landscapes that we have around the world. And if you don't solve the problem at that level, you just kind of creating a little bubble that actually is very vulnerable socially economically and ecologically so it's it's not a real solution so if we want real solutions we need to do 2000 hectares of bamboo plantations or bamboo based agroforestry because we don't believe in monocrop uh, bamboo we we say that monocrop bamboo will grow itself to death in
1: 50 to 100 years yeah so you you're you're really about growing bamboo in in a forest at yes. the end of the day so and then you know, how do we make sure that communities get income from that forest? Yes. Um, and but but then I guess the factory comes in because you need you need somewhere to you know sell that bamboo, right?
0: Yeah, we well we have to value added, right? So a bamboo pole can cost you know uh anywhere between ten to thirty dollars a ton uh, at the farmer level. And then if you bring it to a value-added strip or a pellet. You know, pellets can give you $45 to $60 a ton and, and a, a strip can make you $140 to $200 a ton. And so all of a sudden you have a very interesting livelihood at the farmer level, which, which then changes the farmer's mind and says, ah, okay, I can restore these thousands and thousands of hectares of degraded land around me and make good money.
1: Nice. And so, does your, your factory produce? What's what's the main thing that Indo Bamboo like? When I guess when it's I know it's been through, been through a few different inc- incarnations. Uh, yes. But what's the main like? What's what's the, what do you focus on like producing?
0: Yeah. So Indo Bamboo is uh, was was birthed uh, from the Environmental Bamboo Foundation uh, as a, as a value add. Uh, processing facility uh, to make strand woven laminates which is a, a technology to basically break uh, bamboo down to fibers and then densify it to the to the density of a very very hard wood like nice. iron wood or
1: um, these so it becomes types. a substitute for, for a substitute for the for rainforest hardwood. yes yeah.
0: exactly uh, a wood alternative that is just as strong and, and durable um, and now we're working on another uh, uh, type of laminate which is uh what they call a vertical grain strip laminate. So you, you take uh, a pole of bamboo and you, 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 you cut it up into these little rectanguloid strips or lamellas, as the industry calls it. And then you, you, you put some glue on them and you stick them together and they become a plank. Uh, a, a wooden plank made of bamboo and then you can do whatever you like with that plank. You can make homes from it, you can make furniture from it, you can even s- uh, slice it up and make an an iPad case out of
1: it. So you're really taking a, a relatively uh, non-standardized material and the challenge is really trying to get it to a, a something that's standardized enough that it can be used for a diversity, of, diversity exactly. of things. Exactly. But but you know, I think it's interesting you mentioned that you really did this because you wanted to find a way to make the like for the bamboo to have a market right because you know in in indonesia at least uh traditionally you know it's kind of used in 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 the backyard or you know in the village but it's not really considered definitely not considered a cash crop it's definitely and even and, and it's it's not exactly the easiest business in the world So, really, kind of, I think it's interesting. It evolved out of this desire to, okay, so we know that if we plant bamboo um, in forests, we can restore the environment, but then uh, we really need to make it valuable enough that the farmers want to take care of it in the villages and that that they're making the money. And to do that, we need a. So, that's, but that's quite a big job because then you got to get, you know, a round, tapering, cone-like, curvy pole that needs to be the right age, and it's hard to tell how old it is when you just look at it and you don't know what you're doing, um, <laughs> which most people don't. Uh, and then you got to turn it into a square strip or a pellet to burn, which is uh, it's just a lot of work. Um, so, like, can you talk a little bit about the, the challenges of, like, you know, okay, so you start this factory to, you know, take on this challenge... Uh, I mean, the Chinese have managed to do it, but we don't know how they do it, uh, or at least I don't. Um, and so, so what what were the what were the biggest like what were the hardest parts of doing that? And like, what have you? What did you? What did, what did you learn from doing that?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I guess you know that 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 phrase that um, the pioneers always lose their shirts is um, is is a very true one. You know, we we jumped. Uh, into the the abyss of the unknown, and um, and just tried out a, a a process and a technology, in a landscape, in a social landscape, in an economic landscape, in an e- in an ecological landscape that we didn't know in East Indonesia, and then we 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 tried to scale that up uh, uh, nationally, right, and now even internationally. And uh, huge big lessons and humbling moments along the way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you realize how small you are and how it's all about synergy, it's all about working together, and it, it, it is really trying uh, to find the right influencers at the right levels to pull together the support and resources needed to make these kind of systems happen. Right? It's like, for example, if I was to say to you, why does the corn sector in Indonesia uh, have the support and resources to be able to grow from zero to hero in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bamboo sector has a horizon that probably looks like 50 to 100 years, right, if, when, with, when most of the technocrats uh, look at it. And, and it, it, it really is about how do you uh, take this, this concept of what we call a 4 P solution, right? It's a people, public, private partnerships and pull together the people, the grassroots, the farmers, the cooperatives, link them up with the right public government, uh, uh, NGOs, international organizations who can really incubate and help them get to that certain point, You know, uh, uh, create strong institutions, uh, plant their forests, and then bring in the private sector and say, okay, private sector, we've got this ready for you. This is a nice little system. You now really have to help us to to move this forward in an equitable way that keeps the farmers with a clear incentive to keep it going. If not, the farmers will chop up down all the bamboo and,
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: and, and, and switch to another crop, right? So, so yeah, it, it, it's really all hands on deck from all levels.
1: So it's really the, the, the biggest challenges are weaving that basket, getting the political and the, the community and the social support yes. to make it happen. And and do you feel like you've gotten somewhere with that? Like Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like the, that's a big you you you've got a big vision. Uh you know, kind of it's a it's how like how do you feel like how do you measure yourself? Because it's like a long hill and like you know when you go up a mountain you don't always see the top, right? And yes. you might forget where the top is. Is that the peak or is that the peak? <laughs> where where you know how, yeah. How, how do you feel? Like it's how how how's it? How well has it? You know, how well is it done? And like, what have been some of the kind of accomplishments you feel from from doing a, doing this? You know, you started with the factory, um, and and then you realize yeah. you really need to create it a whole. You needed to create a whole in- industry, right? Yes, exactly. um, Indonesia needs a bamboo industry, and so yeah. How's it going?
0: Yeah, and I think that's the key word, uh, is industry, right? So we have to create a community-based bamboo industry. And so in 2009, when I first started looking at this, I, I, I began my lessons of bamboo business models and, and, and really, you know, even though I was already making pretty good money since 2006 uh, from bamboo selling treated poles and making uh, little bamboo houses for certain people, um, I I started looking at it at a completely different scale and and looking at the bamboo biz and the bamboo sector and the bamboo industry and how can we create good business at the community level so that that becomes the foundation and that you know the the conglomerates of the world would harvest their bamboo from the bamboo village factories and not from the land right and that gives the opportunity to these to the farmers yeah uh, and so. Yeah, look, we, we started with uh, uh, proving the business model and, and, and showing that everyone can make money, the win-win solution. You know, the, w- When the, 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 the poor get richer, the rich don't get poor. Actually, it, it pushes the whole game upwards. The rich can still get richer if they support and create these layers of aggregation and strong institution building. Um, mm. And so you know, just, just a, a, an amazing achievement we had last year was um, we, we worked with the uh, directorate of, uh, of protection forests and watersheds uh, for the last uh, two, three years to create a, a regulation that allows bamboo to be planted and coppiced on uh, protection forest land, which is 67 million hectares of protection forest land around Indonesia. Because uh, uh, otherwise, if you plant a wood species on those forests and harvest it, you go to jail for five years. Mm. So creating the right kind of layers of control uh, uh, to, to make this vision work is, okay. is, is what we've been slowly chipping away at.
1: Yeah, very challenging. Like, do you find that the, the lack of regulation in Indonesia or like the the difficulty kind of that? is often found that where all the different islands actually adhere to the same regulations. Has that been a major issue, like in setting up your your, your, your villages?
0: Definitely, definitely. I mean, look, I think all countries in the world uh, have this issue, uh, you know, especially the forest giants of the world that have these huge extensive uh, forests spread around their countries, have this issue of governance. Mm. And uh, Indonesia is no exception. Yeah. And uh, but I I do think that as these regulations uh, have becoming more uh, cognizant of market driven systems and how we can actually promote good market driven systems, the regulations have actually been trying to uh, to support this and in many ways deregulate a lot of the process so that it's easier for the right people, the right farmer champions, for example, to make it happen. Uh, so we, we, we need to support and seed these right champions to do the right things by our, by our landscapes and, mm. and, and, and restore the degraded lands of the world that we
1: have two billion hectares of. It, two billion hectares here in Indonesia or two, globally? Sorry,
0: two billion hectares of globally. Globally, okay, uh, somewhere so, between eighty to a hundred million hectares here in Indonesia. Only twenty-four million inside f- state forest land.
1: So I want to talk a, a little bit about the the thousand bamboo village project we've we've touched on. But before we do that, uh, it'd be great if we could take a step back and and talk a little bit about bamboo itself, you know, as a species, because you know, we believe bamboo is really great and I feel like most of our listeners have probably I do too decided that it's, it's great in some way um, but why is it so great like what what is it about bamboo that makes it uh, such a powerful force for restoration and for fighting climate change <laughs> uh,
0: big question <laughs> big question so <clears throat> uh, if we were at bamboo you I'd tell you we'd have to do the bamboo yoga
1: <laughs> yeah 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 the bamboo yoga well they'll have to uh, come to the course they'll have to
0: come to the course exactly uh bang no no pitch there um <coughs> uh, <laughs> we're shameless
1: <laughs>
0: we need all the help we can get <laughs> right? no, 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 support bamboo you with rocks um but yeah no seriously uh it's you know we do this this great bamboo yoga process where we we talk about how bamboo sequesters fifty tons of carbon dioxide per hectare per year. Each clump of bamboo can absorb five thousand liters of water and it's, so it's a water holding tank for the topsoil that that can share that water, whether the bamboo likes it or not in the dry seasons, to all the plants around it. Uh, you know we we give <clears throat> uh, this this plant that has the weight-to-strength ratio better than steel, an opportunity mm. to rise in the world. And, you know, it, it has this big problem with preservation, but we've got a solution to the preservation. So we have an amazing wood alternative that's strong if preserved in the right way.
1: So so my understanding is it's 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 a little bit heavier on the processing. Yes. But in some ways maybe that's a good thing in the long run when you think about, you know, the need to create income, especially in rural areas, yeah. but it's also stronger than wood. Yes. So it's so it's just so j- just just to run through this. So it, we ha- we have a
0: most woods, especially the soft woods.
1: We have a forest of bamboo, which which isn't actually a forest of bamboo. It's really. Uh, especially here in Indonesia we're looking at clumps of bamboo that exist in an existing forest so it's really a, like a non timber forest resource right yeah. because bamboo's a grass not a yeah. not a actually a tree but then we we harvest it sustainably so we're 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 getting an economic benefit from the land yeah. in a place that can be preserved for other species and for um, the climate and then uh, we're taking that and we're turning it into a product yes. that's stronger than wood. Yes. So, why? What? Why is it so hard? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> I think the, the the best way to look at that is, you know, first of all, because it's a giant grass, whatever the hell that is, um, uh, the trunk of a tree with bamboo is under the ground. I'm doing this, I'm moving my hands, but nobody can see me. (laughs) Um, The the, the trunk, you know, the giant trunk of a tree is underground in the rhizomic network uh, for bamboo. So what we see above the ground are branches, right? And so we have these baby branches, these mama branches, these grandma branches, and then these great grandma branches. And the the, the only branch that we can harvest for quality and sustainability is the great-grandmother branch, right? So already that, you've, you've lost 99% of the population who are like,
1: what? Mm, so it's like so many things with sustainability, it actually requires us to, to use our brains a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so, so there's, a,
0: there's a process in the forest, and then there's a process um, uh, in the factory that really has to be um, adhered to, and you really do need these standard operating procedures uh, for bamboo a little bit more than you would a medium density hardwood
1: mm. right so so it's so it's a little bit it's harder to it's harder to manage the process it requires it a little more more intelligence yes uh, that's really interesting
0: and collaboration i guess is is maybe the, the better word
1: and and so people often call bamboo you know it's the fastest growing plant in the world what do you mm. have to say it? like what do you think about that <laughs> Is it the fastest growing plant in the world? How do they measure the fast? Like, what, what does that mean?
0: Yeah. I, I think that's a slightly... Um, it's, it's the fastest growing um, tall canopy species in the world. And, mm. uh, you know, it has a sustained growth that over a 50 to 100 year horizon can, means that it can sequester uh, more carbon in biomass than most other species in a in a in a, a reliable way that we as humans can manage, right? So there's this thing of human-centered environmentalism, and then there's eco-centered environmentalism, and and, and bamboo really supports the human-centered environmentalism. And, mm. and you know, we're 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 saving the world for humans as well as the environment, and bamboo can really help us. To do that, if we were just saving uh, the world for the bugs and the bees and the and, and and the forest, the best solution is to get rid of the people, right? But if we want people in the mix, uh, then then bamboo really allows people to do a great process of restoring uh, our degraded lands and bringing back the environment to the way we wanted it to be before it got degraded, yes. and and people can do it in a in, in a very um, uh, well managed
1: way. It's a solution. It benefits people, and it it benefits the planet. And but what like are there any other contenders? Like, do you see any other plants that fit? Like, what would people compare it to? Like, is there is there anything else that's just as fast growing or 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 has a similar kind of um, you know. What's bamboo's runner-up? I guess. Uh, yeah. In a, in no, a- there's
0: there's a there's a, so many fast growing species out there, right? And and I don't think <clears throat> that it's you know it's not canef versus bamboo and not hemp versus bamboo and not this other plant versus bamboo and and palm versus bamboo and whatever. I think it's how do you design uh, an agroforestry system that truly can restore itself in the quickest way for that location for that ecosystem, for that landscape in that country and and, and with that culture and and that people. Um, And I I think, you know, bamboo, in my mind, it's a shallow root giant grass that you need medium roots and you need deep roots planted with it Mm -hmm. to be able to create a truly long-term sustainable agroforestry system.
1: So let's say, you know, I was some, uh, you know, recovering palm oil baron, uh which i'm not but and i had like you know i had scorched you know 10,000 hectares uh of land um and then all my palm you know palm trees died because some beetle infested them and i you know had a
0: organoderma
1: i had the you know i had some uh kind of epiphany where i realized i needed to save the planet and i and i and i met you like where would you tell me to start
0: I would tell you to start by creating more extensive systems versus intensive systems and work with your surrounding communities and give them the ownership of the land first Mm. because the way that all these large plantation systems manage is they actually find it very hard to get to every single point of that plantation every single year and manage it in the right way. Mm. So So breaking up... That large centralized system into smaller distributed systems is much easier to manage. But you gotta give the right carrot. You gotta re- give the right incentives to the right people so that
1: they'll do that in the right way. Mm, you know, like, okay, so those are the prerequisites. Yeah. You know, you create the social environment, really important. But, but then, like, so do I plant the bamboo first or do I plant something else first or do I like, do I plant all the things all at once or do I just start with the bamboo?
0: Yeah, so <clears throat>
1: I think bamboo uh,
0: should only be 35% max of your agroforestry mix. So on a hectare, uh, you shouldn't have more than 3,500 square meters uh, in a 10,000 square meter hectare right, of bamboo. And, and I think cash crops, uh, local cash crops that have good access to market uh, is a, is, are, are very important to mix with the bamboo. And also indigenous canopy species that have good long-term timber values as well as non-timber values uh, uh, are really good to incorporate. And then, for example, Amorphophallus konjac, which is this understory uh, tuber. Uh, or uh, strobilanthus, which is an understory indigo. Or vanilla. I mean, there's there's so many amazing species that you can... Uh, grow in the understory of this and and all of a sudden you'll be in five to ten species that you can actually mix in one agroforestry mix and integrate it uh, and synergize it in one value chain and supply chain Mm -hmm. of one village based factory
1: okay so so let's just playing along with my little uh, fantasy here uh so i've given the land uh i'm like okay Okay, Arif. Uh, so I'm going to empower the villagers. Um, I'm going to give them rights to manage the land uh, because I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, let's this, say 300 I got, hectare per village. Yeah, yeah, 300 hectare per village. Okay, great. So, I've kind of broken it up because I, I don't know how to deal with all this property I have. Yes. Um. And so, so the villagers. So, so now I'm the now I'm the uh you know, I'm one of the one of the guys in the village. So my village. What like I've got 300 hectare what are my prospects? Like, how much bamboo am I planting? Uh, you know, how many poles should I be getting a year? Like, what am I doing while I wait? Because it takes 10 years for the bamboo t- before I get my first harvest. Like, 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 can you talk a little bit about what, what my life is like? Sure, sure, sure.
0: Um, great question. <clears throat> so, yeah, so in 300 hectares, you'd be planting plus or minus 10,000 clumps of bamboo. Um, and uh, And... Which is accounts for only thirty five percent of that three hundred hectares. Okay, we got ten
1: thousand clumps. That's yeah. a lot. Of, that's a lot of bamboo.
0: That's a lot of, and then you would you would be uh, uh, getting in year seven plus uh, <clears throat> uh, six poles per clump, right? So that's sixty thousand poles uh, that you're getting.
1: Six poles per clump. So I planted ten thousand clumps. Ten thousand clumps. Right.
0: You're getting six polls per clump per year,
1: so I got sixty thousand polls. Yes. after ten years,
0: in from the seventh year onwards.
1: Okay, so after seven years, yeah. seven years, I got sixty thousand polls, and and how much am I making out that? You're making
0: uh, f- somewhere around uh, f- three to five dollars a poll. Okay, so it's 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 a good it's a it's a good decent amount of money. Uh, And and you have, let's say, about 20 to 50 people in one cooperative that would be managing that um, 300
1: hectare. So 300 hectare, we've got how much? Three to six dollars? Yeah, three to five dollars. Three to five dollars. So that's like for 60,000 poles, 60,000 times three times five. I've got my calculator. My my math is terrible. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you're, you're making... So, what's, uh, I guess my question 000. is, what, what, what is one of these farmers, you know, making a day, and how does that compare to, like, their other prospects? Um.
0: Yeah, so here in Indonesia, at that price, you know, farmers can be mas- making with only 30, 30, maximum 50% of their time, because they, they, they have other, pro- uh, other products that they're working... On in their landscape, be it coffee, cacao, vanilla, uh, sugar palm, uh, uh, you know, uh, the tubers I was talking about before, mm. uh, they only need, depending on their system, 30 to 50% of their time allocated to the bamboo, and they're making uh, $600 to $1,000 a month.
1: $600 to $1,000 a month each. Per household. Per household. Exactly. It's Not bad money for Indonesia.
0: It's great money. It's great money.
1: You know, like here in Bali, the the base pay you know for a hotel person you're looking that's like half of that. You know, it's like three hundred bucks a month plus maybe some service, but it's still yeah. so so it's probably a more work, but it's competitive.
0: It's a lot more work, and it's it's a lot more collaboration needed, and and there's you know there's machines and there's risk in the processing, so they're taking on more risk. But we believe that you know, well as the Manufacturing industrialization of, of China uh, showed uh, you know, with the bamboo sector there. As soon as they, that opportunity was given to the farmers to do it, they took it and they succeeded in a way that no one believed was possible. And we believe the th- same thing is possible, not only in Indonesia, but across the equatorial belt of the world.
1: Wow, incredible. And so your goal is a thousand bamboo villages here in Indonesia, right? Yes and so t- can you tell me a little bit about how how's that going like how many how many of these farmers uh that i kind of you know we just described are out there right now um and how like how well are we, how well are you doing and like what have been some of the barriers and and and, and where are we going to be in a in a few years
0: yeah so so we have about 30 uh plus i mean uh, uh, in the pipeline there's even more uh, there's up to 100 uh, bamboo villages uh right now in the pipeline uh, and 30 plus being established and uh, initiated as they call it. But the, the biggest challenge is of course linking up the supply chain and, and having the guaranteed offtake right so that every gram and kilogram of, of that bamboo has a buyer and so that their, uh, their system of production can sell every single gram and kilogram that they produce because mm. these commodity cycles and these ups and downs of, of commodities all around the world destroy so many of these great systems. And so that's mm. really where we're trying to help as the Environmental Bamboo Foundation is, is link and create the right partnership agreements with long-term offtakers and long-term offtake agreements that give that stability. Because actually, it, you know, if you had all players in this room sitting with us, the most conservative person in the room is the farmer, because he has bled the most. He is tra- the most traumatized, and uh, and and they just want their clear A B C with a clear uh, outcome of, of of livelihood and and you know money at the end of the month, at the end of the year. And if that works, they'll do it. They'll follow the A B C A B C every day, every month, every year. No problem. It's as soon as you get these ups and downs and. And they have to manage cash flow and then loan sharks get involved and then middlemen get involved and then the, mm. the, the, the business model goes to hell and, and, and no one knows really what's going on. That's when the problem starts. So we need clarity and we need consistency and we need stability and we need security of that system. Mm.
1: So, so what you're saying is the, one, of the, like, one of the challenges is just keeping the market stable enough for the farmer. Exactly. And so, how like what's how are so now you're you're you got thirty three well functioning villages, right? Thirty plus. yes. Thirty plus in, in mostly in Flores. Uh, no, or is all over all over, over all in all over
0: Kalimantan. Indonesia? We're in Sumatra. We're in Java. We're in Bali. We're in
1: Lombok. Um, yeah, we're, 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 we're quite spread out. So we want to get to a thousand. Yes. Um. And so. What like how are how are, what what are your current kind of thoughts, um. On on how to move from move move to that number, yes, th- in the near future, uh, and and ha- yeah, how do you solve that issue around the economy and and it going up and down, and then like, you know, really really making sure that the farmer believes in it, right? Yes. Sounds like that's the main issue. Well, it's
0: it, it's really interesting because you have this gap between the farmer and then these uh, uh, wood off takers, giant global wood off takers. And, and for them, they need it. Uh, they need this wood, and they are more than willing to pay the prices that, that we are telling that is, is very profitable to the farmer. But how do we link in between that farmer and that global wood offtaker? There's a few uh, layers, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to find a synergistic way to, to streamline and create the right horizontal integration and vertical integration to link that. That farmer and that global offtaker. taker, and so for us the inflection point, you know, the point where this kind of uh, this program goes to thousand bamboo villages, if not ten thousand bamboo villages, is uh, somewhere in between fifty to two hundred bamboo villages, where the 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 model shows itself clearly and it proves itself clearly, and then everybody wants to get uh, uh, involved, and then we have another issue which is that will bamboo be the next oil palm, right? And so we need to create uh, uh, the right control mechanisms so that this does keep, uh, stay a, a social forestry enterprise system that gives farmers the opportunity to, to do that value-add at the village level. And, um, and, and, and we, we, we don't create the deforestation and the environmental degradation that not only uh, oil palm, uh, uh, has, has caused, but many of these other um, agricultural industries that uh, had quite short horizons because they, they weren't ever asked to have longer horizons. You know? mm-hmm. So it's not really been anyone's fault, but you know, now we're at this point in the world and the degradation of the environment where serious climate change uh, <clears throat> events are happening and, and, and we need to find solutions to mitigate this climate change and, and, and so we need to have this long-term perspective. We need to have 100-year horizons on our business plans and business models. And so that's where this community-based system and, and, and really the, the, the design of the bamboo village system is so important.
1: Hmm. So, so we need to, it sounds like there's a tipping point, you believe, kind of once you hit a, a couple hundred. Um, where it'll be really scalable. So getting from here to two hundred is going to be a lot harder than getting from two hundred to a thousand. Exactly. And so what what what's the next step? Like how how are you gonna how, how what do you need to get there? Like to get to a hundred or two hundred.
0: Yeah. So it's it's basically speaking to the right uh, influencers and 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 powers in the landscapes. Uh, be it political landscapes, social landscapes, economic landscapes, and, and also the, the forest landscapes, right, which is the Ministry of Environment and Forestry, which is the, the, the largest landowner here in Indonesia. They own 75% of the country. Uh, so, so it's really about how do we create this partnership agreement between all these different influencers and power players that can help make this system happen in a win-win solution. And we've been doing that for the last seven years.
1: Awesome, and, and what, what are you hoping, like, what do you need from them? We like, need
0: them to integrate bamboo into their systems. Into their policies and into their... Exactly, into their landscapes. And and, 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 and and to be able to do all the homework and preparation so that it's integrated in a way that is profitable for them and the communities.
1: So, really, it's, it's a political issue at this point. It's it not needs like it's the issue, right political support. It's, uh, you're missing the political support you need to get it.
0: Yeah, well, it's, you know, between politi- po- the, the politics of, of control and support and resources and mm-hmm. the economics of. Of, of of support and resources, you have a chicken and egg situation all the time. You know, yeah. it's who goes first? I'll go after you. Oh no, you go first. Oh no, you go first. Oh no, you go first. So it's it's really we've got to pull together everybody to do it together because it's you know it's like the farmer says, uh, uh, build a factory and we'll we'll plant the forest. And then the 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 the, the factory guys say, no, no 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 no, we'll build the factory after the forest is is grown. Right. So it's it's how do we synergize and create the the trust in this. Landscape in all these different political, social, environmental, and uh, economic landscapes, to 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 have everyone move in parallel.
1: Got it. Okay, and so how would, you know, if our listeners like wanted to support, um, this you know movement from thirty, three to hundred or two hundred, like what 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 would you what are you looking for?
0: So. I
1: guess the the way that we see
0: um, the, 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 the critical uh, mass in these in these bamboo foundations at that fifty to two hundred uh, village point it's it 's really the biomass that has to grow right so it's it 's kind of a critical mass in amount of villages but it 's also a critical mass of biomass that needs to be there available to harvest, so we really want uh philanthropic and, 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 and different grant organizations and, and individuals and, and groups and families to help these villages. You know, we, we, we have a little bamboo village adoption system, for example, where we, where we ask people to help these communities to, to create a cooperative, to plant the bamboo, to get this social forestry concession and, and create that first step that will, that will give the confidence that uh, the, the, that these communities uh, are, are strengthening their institutions and they're able to take
1: the next steps so you really got to bridge them from wherever they are uh, and 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 so if you want to create a new village uh, you're you're looking for people who have enough resources to, to help adopt a village right exactly Cause, and, you and know,
0: we need about50,000 dollars uh, to, to get to and uh, in the really rural areas of, of Indonesia, up to 100000 uh, but somewhere around $50,000 just to create the cooperatives, get, help them get the social forestry concessions, uh, uh, plant the nurseries, you know, really help the whole business planning process so that they're very clear on their vision and they have this, this asset, this land asset with a, with a, with a system clear.
1: Okay, so if it, for for fifty thousand dollars,
0: we can we can start a village, we can get it going to the point where the public and private uh, uh, sector can can look at this opportunity in completely different eyes. Nice, amazing.
1: My my last question uh, before we're coming to an end here is, you know, if. For for the prospective people out there that are really interested in bamboo and and love bamboo like you, and let's say they're a little more serious and they want to you know get engage into the bamboo industry, like what advice do you have for them, and 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 how should they get involved, and like where are the gaps, like what what's what's needed to drive you know this larger, uh, I'm going to use the term basket because I, I I don't know what else you call it, but this larger social system or yes. you know vast tapestry this, this tapestry of of, <laughs> of of environmentalists and politicians and 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 uh, and industrialists like what what uh, yeah what advice do you have for them
0: well I, you know i i think that's the reality that everyone has to 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 be cognizant and aware of is that it does take a tapestry right and and, and a tapestry is made up of many individual yarns that that are woven together in a strong tapestry right and or you know some people say it takes a village and it really does take that that uh adaptive collaborative effort to 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 make these forestry systems and agroforestry agro industry systems work so you know if you if you want to plant 10 hectare of 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 bamboo or 100 hectare of bamboo uh, please do so but but really see that as a stepping stone to then pull together uh, the right partnerships to take that next step and, 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 and try to look at a 100 year, 200 year horizon and say, you know, what can we build here and, and, and really look at the, the degraded land uh, uh, around you in your landscapes and, and, and see that if you do the right, if you design the right system, you can restore all that degraded land around you Um, You know, and and, and I guess that that thing that uh, uh, I love to do with with communities is I I tell them to stamp on the ground, right? And the the energy and the ricochet of of that stamp going through the the soil and the subsoil all the way down to 30 meters. That's a water reservoir of the future if we plant these agroforestry systems. And we need roots. You know, the bamboos grow their roots to one meter and they hold the, the water... At, at, at that topsoil, and then we need those medium roots to, to hold that water all the way down to you know six to eight meters, and then we need those tap roots going all the way down to 30 meters and, and knitting up basically that 30 meters of, of subsoil, and then that's the economy of the future. That is where we create productivity from our landscapes, and we won't need fossil carbon anymore because our our rapidly renewable carbon Resources growing around the world from these two billion hectares of degraded land and the other parts will be so effective that um, that 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 we can create a sustainable development solution for the world.
1: So you're saying anybody who's interested in in promoting bamboo and in expanding the bamboo industry should really just start by planting some bamboo. Is that is that what I what I'm hearing <laughs> in a diverse forestry ecosystem?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, what about the people that can't make, plant any bamboo? How should a they plan. get involved? I,
0: yeah, it, I think it's more about partnerships than it is about planting. It's, it's about working together with the right people, uh, looking at, you know, be, be it regency level or provincial levels uh, around the world, and, and trying to uh, cherry pick the, the easiest areas of degraded land that we can restore you know, and, and, and there are so many of them. There's millions and millions of opportunities of landscapes out there that are really easy uh, to restore and we should restore them in the next 10 years and actually we don't have a choice. And, and bamboo can do that. And bamboo is a key tool as a giant grass to stitch up that, that one, that top meter of the soil to, to hold the water and create the stability for those other species. Uh, and, and we 've got to make money in that process, uh, so yes, bamboo is a critical tool to make that restoration economy work
1: awesome and so if people you know if people want to learn more uh, we're coming to're we're, we 're we're out of time now, but if people want to learn more and get involved like how, how do they how would they get in touch with with what you 're doing
0: Well, firstly, please come to um, uh, www bamboovillage.org, that's our uh, website of the the, uh, Environmental Bamboo Foundation. But uh, yeah, look, uh, if you Google 1000 Bamboo Villages, uh, you'll you'll see a lot of stuff uh, on the web. Um, But also reach out to uh, your your local foresters, your local uh, 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 environmental foundations, initiatives that are trying to restore degraded lands and, and talk to them about bamboo. And then, uh, you know, there's the INBAR, the International Network of Bamboo and Rotan, there's the World Bamboo Organization, there's a lot of great uh, uh, networks and institutions around the world that have been working on this uh, bamboo vision for a long, long time. And, and, and yeah, just reach out to, to any bamboo person you can and, 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 and help strengthen the tapestry of the bamboo revolution.
1: Well, there you have it. Thousand bamboo villages from Arif Rabik. Please check out the show notes for uh, getting the links to those websites he just mentioned. Uh, and thanks for listening. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks, Arif, for joining us. And of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please check out our website as well, bambooyou.com. That's www.bambooyou.com, B-A-M-B-O-O-U.com, or you can find the link in our show notes. Although currently our programs are on hold due to the global COVID-19 pandemic, when things get back to a new normal, we will be getting back to building more incredible structures out of bamboo you can also check us out on Instagram, BambooU. Bali is our handle. Again, it'll be available in our show notes. We offer a 11-day bamboo build and design immersion where we invite people from all over the world to join us here in Bali, Indonesia, to learn how to create incredible designs out of bamboo. Many of the guests on this podcast are instructors at Bamboo and they, along with the Bamboo team, will teach you all the things you need to know about bamboo from harvesting and preservation to how to design and build full-scale bamboo structures. Our program attracts participants from all over the world, from all kinds of different disciplines, from architecture and engineering to activism and entrepreneurship, or just people that happen to be interested specifically in bamboo our instructors are world-class designers architects and creatives and we believe that empowering people to learn how to build sustainably and beautifully is super important to create the future we all want to live in i'm orin hardy and this is the bamboo podcast thank you for listening